Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. I'm glad you guys came back to join us once again. As I told you last week, I have one of the program men, and, and you know, when we refer to somebody as one of the program men, what I mean is that Nacho here, and he likes to be called that, it's a nickname, but they are men that are on the program, but I can truthfully tell you that in my heart and in the heart of most of the pro of the staff people, they're not just program men. They're not just somebody going through our program. There are people that we invest our lives in because we Amen. care. And many of them become brothers in Christ. And when they're brothers in Christ, it's not just uh, it's not just who they've been. It's not just what they are right now, but what they're going to be. And last week we were talking about doing the armor of God. And at the church that I serve at, I'm starting to go through the armor of God step by step, each part of the armor of God. And in that that discourse. Then Nacho and I started talking about some of the things at the mission. One of the things that I think is really important to point out is that the mission, Christ being the head of the mission, changes us, and we start to see those outside as as precious to Christ too. And Amen. in our service, we start to— humility is not something you can foist on yourself— Humility comes when you start to see the reality of who you are and the reality of what God sees other people to be. I had a program man who never got it. He never got it. He did something. He was going to be off the program for a period of time, and then we were going to allow him back. I said, okay, I'm going to give you room on the guest side. At the time we were open, this was years ago, right? Uh, for having the guests in. And he said, no, that's all right. And then he said, uh, I don't really want to be with uh, with them. I said, with whom? He said, well, you know, the, the, the homeless people, because I'm not like them. I said, you're not? You're not like them? Okay. Uh, he said, so I'll go home. I got a place to stay. I said, no, brother, if you're going to come back on the program, you need to stay up in the dorm with the homeless people. And he said, okay. And so he stayed up there a week. He came back. And I said, so uh, talk to me. And I said, how was it being? He said, well, you know, I'm better than they are. I said, are you really? You're better than them. I said, let me ask you something, brother. Where were you when you came to this mission? Were you doing drugs? Were you lying and stealing and cheating and doing all those things? I said, so what makes you better than the people out on the street? Because you got more money? Because you dress better? I said, brother, you don't get it. And you know what? That brother never made it. He didn't make it because he wasn't yielding himself to Christ. And I can see in men, I can be fooled like anybody can be fooled. And trust me, you can ask Nacho here. There's nobody better than street people at pulling the wool over your eyes. If you think you can't be manipulated, you take 
the stupidest guy out on the street, and you, Mr. Christian, who's in the nice church and grown up in a nice neighborhood, he'll get one over on you every time because the world, their world is a world of manipulation, right? Yes. And they become so good at it. But here's the deal. When you get a guy like Nacho, right, who starts to see the homeless as what we call them guests and people that God died for and people that we need to serve. And when we start seeing them as people we need to serve and not somebody that needs to be scraped off the bottom of our shoes, then God starts to change our hearts, right, Nacho? Oh, yeah. And I, and I, like I told you, I think that that's what's helped me uh, in, in my recovery. You know, it's being able to help these uh, individuals and not look at them as uh, the scums of the earth or nothing, you know? Right. And so— uh, and like I've always, always uh, thank the the get uh, the donors that make all this possible because yes. you know we, we're able to just give everything that we we get from from them and onto pass it on to them and we don't look at it as oh this is too good for them to have no you know? <laughs> and so you know they're appreciative about it and I because we feed them and we clothe them and we shower them and we treat them with dignity and not like someone that's you know all bad we we try to yeah. show them respect so that you know they feel comfortable at our place you know and so uh, you know it, it's it's good to be able to do that and so and, and one of the things that we have to show the other brothers who uh you know and in time a lot of a lot of the brothers that come to the mission uh and they were broken at first yeah. and we understand it's going to take uh, maybe three months or six months before yep. the fogness of the alcohol or the drugs or whatever kept you bound for all that time, you know. And so it takes a minute for all that to to come off your mind and forever you you know for you to have a, a, a be able to see clearly and be able to act right after a while. And you know, one of the things that I always say is that uh, you have to be able to take these steps. To, to be able to reach that that person that you are. And so action becomes a habit. And that habit becomes an existing of who you are in Christ. And so you God continues to mold and chip away certain defects so that you'll be able to shine one day for Christ. Oh, yeah. Listen, there's an old story about a farmer who went out and he wanted to plant his field, right? And it had big old boulders in it. And this is like the sin in our life, right? And so he sees the big boulders. And so he gets out there and he moves all those big old boulders. He says, wow, now I can plant my... Oh, then he sees there's smaller rocks out there. Those are the sins in our life we don't see right away. And then he cleared those out. And then he said, okay, I'm... Oh, and then there's little tiny rocks that we never even saw as being sins. And he cleared them out, and then he planted his field. But every once in a while, in the middle of his field, pops up another rock that was under the surface, right? And that's those sins that that sometimes plague us after we're saved, after we're walking, after we're doing those things. But yet, our hearts are desperately wicked, right? And so, we have a continual battle to make sure we get rid of those rocks whenever God points them out to us, right? And you said it, you get a brother up there in the dorm, and it's, a, it's about accountability. Because everything that we do, there needs to be accountability for it. There needs to be accountability to program men, right? Yes. To each other, to us, 
and to God. And, you know, that's why, I don't know if you know this, no staff member is allowed to drink or, you know, do any of that stuff. Yeah, it wouldn't show his integrity. Right. But way before that, I stopped drinking altogether. And it wasn't that I was in trouble doing something. I had seen a guy who did a wedding, and at the wedding, uh, the rehearsal dinner, he got drunk. And I thought this was before I was ever a pastor or any of that. And I thought, man, this guy's supposed to be walking with God, and he does this? I, and I said, man, I'll tell you, just in my mind's eye, it wasn't a vow. If I ever became a pastor, I would never have another drink. And here's why. Not because you say, well, the Bible says you can drink. I'm not arguing that. I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about the other guy, right? Yeah. And I said, here's the deal. I don't want somebody who is weaker than I am in, you know, in the spirit who says, well, the pastor drinks, and so he goes out and drinks, and he can't handle it. I don't want a kid in the church to say, well, it's okay if we go and drink because the pastor drinks. And I'm not laying this on your pastor. If your pastor thinks it's okay, that's fine. But it was something in my heart. And so my accountability is that I don't drink, and I don't drink, and and even if I was no longer a pastor, I still wouldn't drink. I feel good about not doing that. And now, what did God do? God put me in charge of a mission where we tell the guys, you need to give this stuff up. Amen right? for that. I, uh, so, you know, it was kind of hard for me. I, you know, I have six kids. and uh, That know, alone is hard. Yeah. And so, you know, raising them and, and, not, and, and then seeing them try to follow some of the madness that I was in, you know. And, and I would tell them, hey, you can't be doing that. And I'm like, hey, Dad, you did it. Yeah, and then, and so you know, it's hard to say, do what I say, not what I do, That's and right. so you can't, uh, you can't do that. It's hard. And so now that I'm clean and sober, you know, uh, man, I'm, I'm I could tell my kids, hey, I'm not compromising. I'm not your friend. I'm your dad. That's and that's right. the mistake that we make sometimes. Yeah. Even with our friends, you know, yeah. we compromise something. Well, you know, you're my partner. I'm not going to say nothing. But no, it's like we have to hold them accountable for those things because if we care for them. We don't want to see them fall, you know, That's and so right. because the fall might not allow them, you know, I, like I just told you, I, we, we lost a friend right now recently, and, you know, it hurt. It hurt us because, like yeah. I said, did, do, did he think about us, you know, and so uh, and so one of the things that, you know, I like to use uh, the the verse on um, on Mark where he talks about your mother and your father, are, they came to see Christ, and they go, your mother and your father are here to see you, and he, and he says, Who's my brother? Who's my mother? Those who do the will of my father and my brother and my mother. That's right. And so those we have to remember that uh, that we, we have to hold our brothers and our mothers and our sisters accountable for and those ourselves. Th- and ourselves, amen, for sure, Pastor. And that's that's exactly what I'm getting to. You know, a lot of folks out there think somebody said this uh, to me. Well, you know, I I I don't want to. When I was young, I used to smoke marijuana. I didn't. I, I tried it, but I didn't like it. I, I drank and did a lot of other things, but I just never liked it. But he said, and so I, I feel like I can't really tell my kids not to. I said, okay. I said, are you, are you smoking now? He said, no. Yeah. I said, okay, you're not a hypocrite because you did it. 
you'd only be a hypocrite if you were doing it and telling them not to. So here's the deal. We all have pasts. Yes. And so you, your kids knew you did uh, drugs, right? Yes, they did. But they also know what? That God rescued you from that and that you are not that man anymore. Amen. And so one of the things I, you know, I have to tell myself is uh, you're never too old to change. And That's uh, right. You know, one of the things uh, that uh, Jeremiah talks about is uh, can an Ethiopian change his skin or a leper his spots? Of course, they're so used to being that way. Yeah. But through Christ is the only way that we can we can overcome those things. And so when we rely on God's strength, and he will change us and, and make us into that new man that he created us to be. Amen. And by the way, a leper cannot get rid of his leprosy. But you remember there were 10 lepers that Christ ran into? Yes. And he could get rid of the leprosy. He can change a leopard's spots. Uh, and I, I transitioned from lepor to leopard, but... Yes. The spots of a leopard can be changed. The sickness of a leper can change. And whatever God chooses to do, he can do. You know, uh, again, Nacho, to your point, one of the men on the program that he was talking about, and there's, there's where accountability and integrity come into play. And this young man decided to do something, and uh, it wasn't just him he was affecting it's like right now, brother, if you were to go from here and you start running and gunning and doing the things you used to do, you say, well, I'm just affecting me. No. Who else are you affecting? It does a ripple effect. How yeah. about your wife, your kids, your, Amen. you know, six little minds that are looking to dad and they can truthfully say, you know what, though? I saw... I saw my dad change, so I know that that Christianity is real. I know Jesus is real because I saw him change my dad. But if we go back into that old cesspool we used to be in, we, we tell everybody around us it was just not true, right? Yeah. So, so Yeah, so, uh, you know, one of the things that I, uh, I'm thankful, you know, not everything's uh, peachy at home, you know, I mean— uh, of course I, not. You know, I still have, uh, they still have trust issues with me. They, you know, they say, okay, well, how long is he going to be this way? Right. And, and so, you know, I don't, I don't uh, get angry when they tell me that. It's just actions will speak louder than words later. And That's so right. in time, you know, God would mend those relationships too. And they would give them, they would be able to trust in me. And so not everything gets uh, back to normal right away. I think that in time, I mean, I, like I said, I have a relationship with my grandkids and my sisters now. That I didn't have before, you know, and so man, I, I it's a joy for me to come home now and be able to spend that time with them, you know, and yeah. so they see this new man that I am, yeah. and, and it's just uh, it's incredible that um, you know, that this mission has helped me, and I and I don't understand, Pastor, like why are doors ain't being knocked down to cut for other people to come in, you know? Well, we've had our we've had our times, and sometimes it fluctuates. The COVID virus. There's so many shelters and things that are open right now, but one of the problems is we need to continue to get the word out to the lost people out there that they that we have a program. And I've started to see some guys coming back in, which is good, right? Yes. But you're right. Uh, it's it's a transformational place. But I want you to remember what one of our board members said, and you've probably heard it before. I've said it before, uh, but. He tells the story of the kid, you know, 
in the East Coast walking down the beach, and there's literally after a hurricane, there's thousands and thousands and thousands more than that of starfish washed up on the beach. And the kid is out there throwing them in the ocean one at a time. An old man walks along and he says to the kid, what are you doing? He says, man, I'm, uh, I'm throwing these starfish back in the sea because if I don't, they'll die. He looks down the beach. He says, man, there's millions of starfish out here. You can't make a difference. He said, I can make a difference to this one. And that's how we look at it too, right? No matter how many people we got on the program or don't have on the program, we can make a difference for the one nacho or the one uh, guy that that needs our help, right? Yeah. And so I have a you know I have a similar story where uh, this guy says, "Man, Lord, you know how can I change this environment or this community?" And God, in all His wisdom, said, first change you, then you can help change." another you know and so one of my teachers would tell me hey nacho this knowledge that we give you uh you know i did a class of project management which it kind of it teaches you so much and it teaches you how to manage a business or your home or your family and so um you know one of the things that he says this knowledge that we freely give you you don't just plant seeds but we plant forces and so you know that's always stuck to my mind and saying that we can god can open up uh, uh enlarge our territory and to use us, you know, and so your heart has to be in the right place and not just to be uh, people pleasers, but to be God pleasers. And uh, I think God starts opening doors a little at a time for us. That's right. And so I hope that, you know, that's what he, uh, I'm open to his will, you know. Well, he does. And uh, we need to be ever vigilant, right? Not to let the sin creep back in our lives, right? For sure. Because, you know, uh, since we're telling stories of, that we've heard, <laughs> this is a great one about sin. Uh, guy took his Sunday school class out into the forest, right? And uh, he was trying to describe to them what sin is like. And the longer you let sin penetrate your life, the more you indulge it. That gentleman you were talking about earlier that just went out and he he did some, he did a little weed or he did this. It grows, right? I yeah, mean, it gets sure. worse. So anyway, the Sunday school teachers out there. And he says to the class, he says, let me show you what sin is like. And he said, hey, why don't you go take that little sprout over there and pull it out? So the kid walked over and he pulled it out. Then he looked over and he saw a little bit bigger uh, plant. He said, pull that out. He said, okay, he pulled that out. And then he saw a, a plant that was pretty good size. He said, pull that out. Man, he really worked at it and he pulled it out. And then he pointed to a big old pine tree and he said, now go pull that out. Kid said, oh, I couldn't pull that out. He said, no, and that's how sin is, brother. You start off with the sin being little, but the longer you take it, the longer you let it grow, the worse it's going to be until finally it's a tree you, you can't barely get out of your, your life. The good news is that we also know that the bigger the tree, it could be the size of a, a mighty redwood Christ can remove what he wants Amen. to, sure. right? That's it. So it's, you know, when you graduate the program, is not the end of it. It's the beginning of a lifelong walk that you need to have. And we're always going to be assaulted by the evil one. We're always going to have temptations. We're going to always have somebody trying to lure us into doing what we ought not do. 
So we need to have an accountability base, right? Yes. Sir. When you leave, you need to be accountable to somebody. You need to be in a church. You, and, and you folks out there who are claiming the name of Christ, but you're not, you don't have a church, you're really on dangerous thin ice, right? Oh, for sure they are. So, so um, and as far as your, I want to give you a word of encouragement. You said that your your family still has lingering questions. How long are you going to be like this? You know, is this a real thing? I want you to know that over the course of the last 15 years, as I've been director, I've heard that from family after family after family. Why? Because they get used to us doing something, and some guys go to some kind of a program, and they're good for a little while. Then they come out, and they're back to doing what they did before. So we can't blame our families because it's what you said. We have to show them that we can be trusted. But guess what? They'll start to trust. It just takes time, right? And so I think one of the other things, Pastor, is uh, don't don't give up hope. Like when things come uh, against you, our first defense is Christ. And, and so, Amen. you know, you take it to God in prayer. And, you know, even if we struggle, God says he cannot, does not give us more than we can handle. And so that's what's helped me. Uh, when I start thinking about defeat, defeating issues or, or old friends that are trying to get back in my life, I, I have to weed it out of me. That's I right. can't allow myself to go right back. That's and, right. and that's, I mean, that's one of, been, that's one of my hardest struggles is, is telling someone, hey, you know, I, I'm not, I can't help you anymore. And so, you know, because I have a compassion for people and I'm a people person, but also I know that those people will entangle me in something that's going to become too too much for me to handle later on again. Yeah, and so I, I know myself now where to say, hey, I'm cutting it right there, you know. And so thank, thank God for that. Well, we've only got two minutes left, but I've got to tell you, brother, it was the same way I had an air conditioning company when I was young. I did commercial air for years. I wasn't always the man I should be, you know. I I was never out on the street or doing anything like that, but you know, I drank after work. I did a lot of things I should not do and and I was a totally different person. And some of the people that have ran into me, you know, 30 years later after, you know, coming yeah. to Christ, they're they're like and they needed time to realize how in the world can this be guy be a pastor, because I couldn't, but God could make me that. Amen. And I think that God uses our old madness into a message for him. You know. Yeah. And so thank God that he doesn't just uh, say, "Okay, you're a wasted product" or something. You know. And so yeah, he's using this message, and we pray that he continues to use us. And, Every time. And, yeah, for others that might need to hear something that you know. They're going through, or they don't think they can overcome. You can, Amen. You know what? Real quick, we're we're almost out of time, but I got to tell you, when I got in touch with an, uh, somebody who used to be a neighbor of mine, she worked over at Epic at the time, and I called her and and she she said, "Well, are you still a Christian?" I said, "Yeah." She said, "Where are you going to church?" I told her. She said, "Who's the pastor?" I said, "I am." She said, "No, really." <laughs> well, we're out of time, so. Okay. Nachos, uh, just say goodbye to yeah, the— Thank you so much for your time. And then, you know, come and uh, join us at Union Gospel Mission. 
Thank you, guys. And as always, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.